Welcome to this special Christmas replay episode at Keep the Heart. We're going to replay that episode, Minimizing Strife at Family Gatherings. But one of the reasons why we're pulling this out of the archives and reusing it is because we're also very busy working on the next devotional book that's due to come out in the first quarter of next year. So we're employing this episode, hoping that you'll find something helpful in this. Some of you may have heard it before, but it would have been a year ago, and then others haven't heard it yet at all. There are three practical guidelines in this episode that I employ at family gatherings and other mixed groups just so that we can have that unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It's not a good thing to wait all year to finally get everyone together only to have it digress into an argument or a meltdown of some sort that really could have been avoided if we would have just had a little foresight and a plan in place. I hope you'll find this practical episode helpful in some small way. God bless your Christmas time together. Let's listen again. Welcome to Keep the Heart Podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker known for sharing biblical insights that are practical and inspiring. Now back to today's valuable study. How can we have gatherings with loved ones who have strongly held differing opinions? Is it possible? Yes, it is. We can only control our side of the relationship, but we can do our best to be God-honoring without becoming the leader on a self-appointed debate team. I'll share three guidelines that I abide by in our home with a goal of providing ideas, not mandates. These are unwritten rules that I just quietly employ. First, no volatile discussions at the dinner table, and if you can help it, don't have them in other rooms either. We can tell when a hot topic is coming up. We know it when we hear it, so we have a chance to stop the churning of the butter. Listen to the principle in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 32 to 33. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. You can pick a fight if you want to, but you're the one who's churning the butter. When we know better, we can do better. When a person doesn't know better, they cannot do better. It really rests upon us to lead in this situation. We don't want to stir up strife when we can already sense that it's coming. Now, understand you may have a point, but you don't have to drive it home at the family gathering. Aim to keep the atmosphere free of strife and as pleasant as possible, especially if you already know which topics will cause the flare-ups. Besides, it's unlikely you're going to change anyone's mind by arguing, but you could win your argument and lose your influence. If you have a mixed group, and most families are made up of mixed groups from a variety of beliefs, it is wise to keep the conversation on a pleasant level. If you have loved ones, especially loved ones who are unbelievers, they don't need an argument. They need to see Jesus in you and in your home. You're trying to maintain and retain an influence to possibly share the gospel at some point in time. When we know that certain topics are going to cause strife, we can plan not to take the bait. If it's tossed into the conversation, we don't have to gulp it. Opt out of the word war. 
Plan a simple statement, maybe something like this. Well, loved one, we all have choices, and right now, I'm choosing to enjoy sharing this meal with you. Welcome to the life of meekness and lowliness. We must get in line and take a number behind Christ, because he endured far worse than anything we've been experiencing. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty nine. You've heard me quote this verse before. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Take the yoke of Christ and wear it proudly. Learning to be more like Jesus means we won't overreact to insults, insinuations, or other perceived offenses. If you think it's prudent to have a potentially heated discussion after the family meal, that's your decision. But it may be better to save those topics for one-on-one so that you don't end up with an atmosphere filled with awkwardly overheated air. A second unwritten house rule that I employ is this. Model Christ-likeness. If we allow ourselves to get too tangled up in details, we'll soon find ourselves crabby and moody and just not much fun to be around. How does this happen? Too many plans and not enough simplicity, that's how. When we're grumpy, that irritable spirit is really hard to miss. What poor timing! We finally have everyone together and then we cloud the room with a bad attitude? Know thyself, sister friend, and stay on top of whatever it takes for you to be in a right spirit when you're with family and friends. Proverbs 16.32, which is very similar to Proverbs 25.28, tells us this, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Very similar to the ruling over our own spirit verse found in 25.28. Understand that crabby people are angry about something, but instead of resolving the issue, they usually take it out on the innocent bystanders. Have you ever been clobbered by somebody? They walked into a room and jumped you for something, and you're wondering, what? What? What did I do? What did I say? You didn't do anything. You didn't say anything. You're dealing with somebody who's cantankerous. Figure out whatever makes you cranky, and then avoid that so that you don't end up wrecking the family time. Is it the hours you're spending in the kitchen? Edit your menu. Who needs 15 kinds of cookies and desserts? Only a person trying to gain the festive 15. You know, that's like the freshman 15, 15 pounds that you have to fight for 15 months to get them back off. Cut back on all that cooking and baking and spend time with the people instead. Or maybe you've run yourself ragged with all the decorating and gift shopping and then holiday fellowships again and again. Now, we have opportunities to say no, but if we don't employ them, we'll end up overbooked, overtired, and not very enjoyable to be around. We can't model Christ-likeness when we're cranky, but our selfishness will be hanging out, and we will need to tuck that back in if we want things to go well. Family gatherings are not the time to be grouchy or sullen. Aren't these gatherings all about others? Let's not make the mistake of making it all about us. And finally, a third house policy is this. Be as accommodating as possible. One family member needs a gluten-free meal. Add small children who don't care to stay in their seats, and you've got a really good mix. Does this irritate you? Or do you have the frame of mind that's ready and willing to serve? 
It's funny how we tend to be selective about this issue of making concessions or allowances for some but not for others. I'm not even talking about compromising any kind of biblical principles here. I'm referring to simpler things, such as providing alternate food options for people with allergies. The requests aren't as big an issue as our response to them. Accommodating others is the art of thinking beyond ourselves. Making concessions for others should be done with a goal of being a blessing. That's the effect we want to have. A great reminder verse for this principle is found in 1 Peter 3, verse 8. It says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. The ministry of hospitality applies to our family as well as to our friends and acquaintances. It is loving and thoughtful to accommodate people as much as possible, with the key phrase being, as possible. Sometimes we simply can't indulge every request, but when we can, it's just another way of saying, I love you. Prepare for unusual requests by asking questions in advance. That way you can relax and just enjoy people being there. These three suggestions are not a guarantee that you won't have any issues at your next gathering. They're just starter ideas to help you prepare for hosting with a greater chance of having a pleasant and peaceful outcome. Please know that I'm not trying to imply that I've handled every disagreement perfectly. The opposite is true. I can write about this because I've learned the hard way, as well as continuing to learn how God would prefer that I handle thorny matters. We will never agree on every subject, no matter who we are but we can spend time together without excessive drama if we're prepared. Pray before every event you host in your home. Ask the Lord to show you how to be a blessing to everyone who comes through that door, and then just savor the sweetness of being together. A great closing verse to remind us that we want unity at our gatherings is found in the letter to Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 2, reminds us to live with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.